Hey guys, this is Emma from The Horse Cure, the podcast for those of us who know that horses really are the cure for all that ails you. Today we hear from Alyssa Hedges, president of Rock the Standard Bread out of Rochester, New York. While Alyssa has had the privilege to rescue standard breads in her area, her main goal with Rock the Standard Bread is to educate people about all the awesome things standard breads can do. Alyssa, along with friends of Rock, as well as her breed ambassador team from all over the country, are getting out there to share standard breads. She hopes to grow the market for these smart, hardworking, capable horses who, after their racing career, can face a daunting and limited future. Rock the Standard Bread is here to show people that standard breads can run barrels, jump beautifully, work cows, walk track canner on a loose rein, dominate endurance races, pleasure drive. All the things you can do with a traditional breed, you can do with a standard bread. Rock the Standard Bread. I'm excited to hear more about this. I'm a standard bread girl. I'm also a quarter horse girl and a horse girl in general, but let's be real honest here. Standard breads are awesome, awesome horses. Everybody that knows them absolutely agrees. It's the people that don't know. Yeah, yeah. And we want to know yet. Got to get the word out because, yeah, they're a spectacular and I think underrated breed. And so um, I'm double excited to talk to you. I want to learn about your group. I want to hear about your thoughts on rescue and adoption and things like that. Um, and then also, yeah, why standard breads are such a passion of yours. So absolutely. Okay. Well, Alyssa, share a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? And how did horses become a part of your life? I was one of those people born with horses in my blood. That's my dad's awesome. side of the family grew up doing the whole 4-H FHA thing. My uncle is into Appaloosas, has been into Appaloosas. It's kind of just always been there for me. Uh, my father moved kind of away from the family and was an educator and wasn't super involved with horses. But after a few years of writing notes as to why I should have one and, <laughs> you know, all the benefits, begging incessantly, he finally let me kind of become a little more involved. So that a girl. And it's just been nonstop since then. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. When did Standard Breads become a part of your life? My father, when he was younger, worked at a YMCA camp in our area and became involved with the board as an educator further on in life. And I want to say I was going into sixth grade at the time and ended up going there as a camper. As a kid, I wasn't really into the whole team thing, group thing. It was just horses, horses, horses. So I went as a camper and enjoyed it. But the next summer, I really just wanted to go back and work the horse program. Um, and obviously, I was pretty young, but they let me come for a week and do some limited stuff with them. Every summer, it just kind of ended up building and I was just volunteering and spending longer and longer there. I want to say probably when I was a sophomore or junior, after the regular summer camp had ended, they usually did a family camp and our camp leased horses from a guy locally. He had dropped off a few horses that were not there for the entire summer. So my boss said, this horse, you're going to go ride it. We don't know anything about it. So figure it out. And <laughs> Andrew Brad. And it was just two days. And it was just kind of, that was my first, I like to say, horsey love affair. I just fell absolutely in love with him. There was an instant connection. I didn't get to take him. So the guy that leased the horses out to the camp would allow people to take them home for the winter if he knew who oh, you cool. were and take care, obviously, because he's carrying a ton of horses. He doesn't want to do that over the winter when they're not making money. So I didn't get to take him home that winter, but I did the following winter. I didn't know anything about the breed at that point. Kind of paid a little more attention to the ones that we had come in the next summer. And they were just so even keeled. Attitude wise, some of the best horses that we had. You know, they had their fun little quirks. From there, just fell in love with the breed. So standard breads, yeah, they've been a part of your life for quite a long time. 
Correct. Yeah. yeah. And now, are you in northern New York? Um, I'm western New York, western so New York. I'm okay. close proximity to Batavia Downs and Buffalo Raceway. So is that where, well, let's talk about Rock the Standard Bread. Am I saying that right? I'm thinking so, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Rock the Standard Bread. Tell me where this came from, because this is your brainchild. Is that correct? It is. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk so about So I ended up, as people get older and you go off to college and all that fun stuff and start working, <laughs> I was not involved with horses for quite a while. And Ended up, gosh, what was it? I think I've had Scooby for 10 years now. I ended up seeing an ad on Craigslist for standard bread gelding for free. I was like, oh, you know, I really love to get another trail horse. So went, looked at him, and he picked me that day um, and ended up taking him home. He just was not in a right fit for him. He ended up not being super suitable for riding. He just doesn't enjoy it. So I'm not the kind of person, I I don't care about showing. I don't have high expectations for my horses. I kind of let them dictate to me Mm -hmm. what they want to do. And for Scooby, it was just being a safe place for him. So as I'm more involved getting back into the horse world, I ended up connecting with some people that were into rescuing and they were not breed specific. But I became known in that circle as the standard bread person. (laughs) So (laughs) we ended up locally having a, a larger older breeding farm that had fallen on hard times that there was an ad out in our local newspaper and they were carrying probably 70 or 80 horses at that point and it was a really really nasty winter and there wasn't enough food and the horses were just in rough shape and so I uh, via the local humane society reached out to the owner because it was a breeding facility she had a ton of mares I wasn't really, I'm not a mare person typically. So I had reached out and said, you know, if you had any geldings or any studs that are younger that could make a suitable gelding, let me know. And she reached back out and said, well, I have a 23-year-old gelding. So I went to look at him and he was just absolutely miserable. Pinned his ears, just gave nasty look, was caked in frozen mud, just looked awful. And I walked out of there in tears and I said, I can't leave him, you know, even if he only comes out for a couple of months, I can't leave him. But via that venture, I got connected with a ton of people locally. And initially, Rock the Standard Bread was just going to be a group to connect those of us that had taken horses off this farm to kind of keep in touch. And then down the road in rescue, as I'm getting involved more and more with this group of women that are trying to to rescue within New York State, it became a, well, you know, nobody really understands the breed as a riding horse. Mm -hmm. Why don't people know how awesome they are? And so I said, okay, well, let's take this and make it into an educational opportunity. And it's just kind of grown from there, basically. So tell me about kind of how large your group is. In 2016, I started looking at actually making the group a 501c3 nonprofit. And at that point, we landed a board of seven people, agreed on that. But I also lost my father that year, so I put pause on that. Sure. And we've just kind of come back at it now in, in 2018. So we still have our board group of seven people. There are a handful also of people that are supportive that are not going to be true board members. The group on Facebook is about 1,200 people right now. And then we've also launched our Breed Ambassador Program, which is going to include this year 16 rider course combos to try and get out there and educate people. Okay, so tell me about the Breed Ambassador a little bit more. So I went through a period over the last few years where I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, 
everybody thinks that these horses are just really ugly brown cows with big heads um, <laughs> that, that don't know how to do anything other than pace and they can't canter. So I was like, oh, well, you know, I need to get a chestnut and I need to have a gray and I need to have a dark bay and I need to have a bright bay mm-hmm. and I need to take all these horses out and I need to show them. Well, it's <laughs> unrealistic. So finally I gave in and I said, why on earth do I feel the need that I'm I'm solely responsible for doing that and combined with the fact that I'm underqualified to do that. So there's actually a rescue rehoming place up in Canada called Go and Play Stable that does an ambassador program. So I kind of took theirs and said, okay, well, let's do an ambassador program. Initially, we were going to take people that were just in the Rochester, New York area, but we had a lot of interest. So we're actually going to be including a girl up in Canada who is aspiring for higher end barrel racing. Um, We're including a couple of girls from New Jersey that have affiliations with the Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization um, and some organizations down there. I believe we're going to be including girl from Ohio that is actually has Golden Receiver, who is a multi-million dollar winning gelding that a 4 H shows. So, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're really trying to expand and basically just try and bring the education faster by having all these teams out there that are going to go utilize social media to show that these horses can do so much more than race and harness. I love to hear that. I really do because, you know, the horse world is is ginormous. It's really huge. And there are a lot of people with a really broad scope, but there are a lot of people because I was one of them. So I can say this honestly, who was very narrow scoped. I saw all that I experienced and that's it. And I didn't see all these amazing things that are out there and these amazing breeds and the variety and, and just all the things there are to do. There is so much. If you are a horse person, there's a horse for you and there's a, you know, a team, a tribe for you as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, it's, Absolutely. you got to find it, you know, and, and so, yay, good job for you guys. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I think it's going to be really awesome to get out there. You know, even if we can just take one or two people and convert them or at least open their eyes to at least giving a standard bread a chance. Right. Then for me, that's a success. Yes. Oh, good. Well, okay. So, so talk a little bit about adoption in general or rescue. Um, why does that weigh heavy on your heart? A, a big part of why I, I tried to focus Rock the Standard Bread on being an educational resource is because I was involved in so many of these rescues, I'll say on the, the back end. So it's these horses that raced and were then Amished and now we're trying to either take them, whether it's out of a kill pen or take them direct from an Amish farm at the end of their usefulness there. It hasn't ended well in my personal experience Mm -hmm. and it was heartbreaking. So I said, I can't sustain on this whole rescue mentality. I'm just going to break. So what can I do to try and elicit some change on the front so that hopefully down the road we can reduce the number of rescues that are actually needed? And I think a big part of that is really going ahead and trying to develop a market for them. I will do some rescue on the side. Rock the Standard Bread will never be a true horse rescue. Mm -hmm. Um, My horses and, and anything that is rescued is on me personally. We've got lots and lots of horses out there who need homes and really who are who yeah. are awesome for homes and so they're out there. Yeah, and and another reason that I want to do what I we're doing is to drive so build that market and then drive these consumers or adopters to places to find them, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, Standard Bread Retirement Foundation, New Vocations, Sunshine. 
I'm very big on working together. Mm-hmm. You know, you take somebody that's a rescue that's carrying 40 horses, a lot of their effort and energy and finances have to go into the care of the horses and the education to get them adaptable. So for me, I'm trying to fill in on the marketing aspect and building the market that's for them. That's so good. Oh, um, that's so good. I, I'm a big, I'm a big teamwork makes the dream work kind of dork. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. But that it's what it is, you know, it is. That's, that's so cool. And I love it as I'm, so I'm just scrolling through your website here and you have just even on your front scroll is a standard bread doing, you know, a Western pleasure-esque type thing, trail, dressage, driving. I mean, you can just as you can with a quarter horse, you can do it with a standard bread and they're beautiful and they're willing and they're strong and they're, they have a really long working lifespan typically. What a great breed. Yeah, they are definitely nice and hardy. They're athletic. That's Mm -hmm. what they're, they're built for. They, in some ways have a little bit easier than their their thoroughbred cousins because they're not backed as early. Yes, they're working young, but they're not sustaining weight on their back. And you'll find that a lot of standard breds are racing until the mandatory retirement age, which is kind of unheard of for the thoroughbreds. Oh, they retire so young. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, there's certainly, as with any breed, there's going to be individual disposition and individual confirmation that's going to dictate what that horse can or cannot do. But given a chance, you know, they are certainly capable of doing anything. Well, Alyssa, okay. So give me a sell on a standard bread. Say I know nothing. What Educate me. Tell me what you love. Market. Sell me a standard bread. Sell you a standard bread. <laughs> well, you know, really, <laughs> the standard breads sell themselves. It's just being open-minded and spending a little bit of time. You're going to find that, um, that they're super friendly. They're typically very willing to please most of my guys are puppy dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, they just want to be around people. They want to do whatever it is that you think that they're being asked to do. They're very forgiving. So in talking with a lot of people that I've come across, that's the big thing. You know, they're so family friendly and they're very beginner friendly because they're just forgiving. And hardworking. You know, I love that, that too. Like you said, just willing, yeah. like, okay, well, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not typically as flighty mm-hmm. and reactive. Most of my guys are really, they're going to stop and think about stuff before they just kind of blow up and run away, mm-hmm. which I love. And I think that's another good reason they're fantastic family and beginner friendly, generally speaking, because they're just exposed, especially if they've been on the track for any amount of time, they're exposed to so much that it takes really a lot to elicit a major reaction from them. Say somebody came to you and said, you know, I'm looking into adoption. What would you, where would you recommend somebody considering adoption go? Because, you know, I I kind of vacillate between everybody should adopt and maybe not everybody should because you want to make sure you're going to a reputable place and you've got some encouragement, some mentorship, especially if you're a new horse person. Um, Tell me what you do when people come to you and say, hey, I want a horse. Um, I don't get a ton of people, I guess, necessarily coming to me asking that. I'm more getting people that are looking to place horses. But if somebody did come to me and they were interested, I would figure out, I guess, is adoption something that they would want to do or is, you know, maybe a purchase or something like that direct from an owner going to be a better fit? Because there are, I mean, adoptions are fantastic. I have adopted myself. I've gone and bought off of Craigslist myself and I've rescued myself. So, but just depends on whether or not you agree with the policies that are in place with that adoption agency. Some of the, the biggest names out there for getting a whole 
hold up a standard bread adoption would be there's the Standard Bread Retirement Foundation in New Jersey. They follow their horses for life. They take back for life. And they are typically doing a biannual veterinary follow-up. Oh wow! Um, okay. So your vet has to fill, yeah, your vet has to fill out paperwork twice a year, just so that they can kind of keep track and make sure that their horses are in a good place. That's great. Um, right here in New York, in the Syracuse area, there is Sunshine Horses. They do have a handful of non-standard breads at their rescue, but that's another fantastic place to get a hold of. They just recently moved to a new facility, so they have their own indoor. So they're able to get in and do a lot more with the training and getting these horses going under saddle and evaluated for what their abilities are. So I've worked with them and we've kind of been supportive of each other quite a bit. There's also New Vocations. So New Vocations is doing the thoroughbreds and they're doing standard breads. And actually there's a girl that is, you know, within a half hour of me that has been retraining some of the standard breads. So there's access right here. New locations is nice. You're, you know, you're going to go through that adoption process with them. But beyond that first year, it's not as restrictive. Okay. You know, so if you get a year down the road and, and you want to replace, I do believe that they will also take back, but I'm not 100% sure on that one. I believe they so, do. Yeah, there's a lot of good resources out there. And then obviously, you know, you're going to find all your standard breads scattered in at non-breed specific rescues as well. Well, this is great. I'm I'm excited for people like you who are really trying to educate, share the good news because, yeah, I feel like we've got this, you know, this secret that um, not that many people know in standard breads. They're great horses. They really are. They're just, yeah, yeah, they can go so many directions. They're intelligent. And yes, they can canter. Yes, they can. <laughs> yes, they can. And, yes, and they Buck can. can be goofy and silly. And I mean, good gravy, come over and meet my standard bread. He'll, he'll show you on the lunge line all the silly stuff he can do. <laughs> right? So, yeah. 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 <laughs> They're capable just like any other horse. So, well, are there some other things you'd like to share about Rock? Anything you'd want to tell people out there who are looking, maybe even in your area specifically, how they can learn more, how they could support uh, Rock the Standard Red if they'd like to? Well, right now we're just waiting on our 501c3 status to officially come in. Obviously, that's going to open some doors for us and what we can do as far as taking donations in to continue to push our idea and go out to events. But certainly, we're always looking for some helping hands to attend events, to help me on the social media aspect, any way that anybody wants to get involved people are certainly welcome. Right now, rolling out our Breed Ambassador program is there's a lot of spend up front. So we have been casually asking people that we know if they want to sponsor the program. So if anybody is interested in sponsoring a rider team, okay. um, we will obviously advertise out on our website and on Facebook and do highlights that way. But if anybody is a standard bred person or has one and has used one as a pleasure horse, talk to people about it. Just even saying standard bred over and over and over, mm -hmm. you know, might cause some pause and have somebody ask, well, you know, I thought that they couldn't canter. Mm -hmm. Well, no, yes, they can. You know, just being open to discussing the breed might change somebody's mind, might open their eyes. Well, this is good. I'm I'm excited that you're letting me be a part of it in, in picking your brain and yeah, sharing this because we love horses. Those of us who love our specific breed, we love the whole 
you know, the whole kit and caboodle. Um, but yeah, this is, this is a great breed. I'm excited to help educate people about it. And, um, yeah, thank you so much for your time, Alyssa. I really do appreciate it. Well, thank you. I appreciate it as well. Thank you, Alyssa. Check out Rock the Standard Bread on Facebook to get to know a fun group of horse lovers who share pictures and encouragement. RockTheStandardBread.org has many great educational resources as well. And if you're in Western New York, the first part of March, check out Equifest. Alyssa and her team will be there bringing you all the information you need to know about Rock and the Standard Bread breed. Thank you, Alyssa, and thank you for listening to The Horse Cure. Thank you for listening to the Horse Cure Podcast, the podcast for those of us who know that horses really are the cure for all that ails you. You can find more information about each episode and more podcasts at thehorsecure.com and by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 